You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. On the Road with Mac and Molly is brought to you by Dog.com. For everything and anything dog, shop Dog.com today for all the top brands. Greenies, Frontline, Kong, Nylabone, Royal Canin, and more. Shop at Dog.com and use the promo code SADMOLLY, S-A-D-M-O-L-L-Y, and get $15 off your order of $75 or more. Welcome to Pet Life Radio's On the Road with Mac and Molly. This is your host, Donna Haleson. In this episode, I'll be sharing some reflections on life with Mac and Molly, our sibling pair of four-year-old Old English Sheepdogs. My husband, Gene, likes to think of himself as the keeper of the hounds, and he spent a good bit of time jotting down some observations on life with our dynamic duo. I'll be adding my own thoughts to his, and if all goes as planned, by the end of this episode, we'll have begun to give you some sense of the initial challenges you face with two great big fluffy dogs as you move from living in an attached-to-the-land home to living nomadically in a not-attached-to-the-land home. We'll get after all of that after these messages. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. At Petco, we really love pets. There isn't anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like home. For her. Enter the code LUCKY10, L-U-C-K-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. There's a movement afoot, ShoeBuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code ROAD, R-O-A-D, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. Celebrate your special occasion and give her this classic semi-eternity band created with one-carat brilliant diamonds channel set in 14-carat white gold. Exclusively yours from ICE.com. Free shipping over $150, free returns, and 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to ICE.com and use promo code ACTFP and get 20% off your purchase. Or use promo code ADTFP and get 20% off at Diamond.com. ICE.com or Diamond.com. Get 20% off from Pet Life Radio. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets. 
where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to On the Road with Mac and Molly. As I've been sitting here preparing this episode, I've had to stop repeatedly as Mac has come barging in the door and has leapt up on my lap several times in just the last couple of minutes. I'm sure he still thinks of himself as the little puppy I could hold in the crook of my arm. Now, the two of us really have to cooperate with each other so as to keep his two front legs situated on my not-so-very-wide lap. Molly has also made her appearance, thrusting her nose up under my elbow in her precious way of insisting on a cuddle. They're both extraordinarily loving creatures who thrive on attention, and they can melt your heart with a simple glance. As Gene was preparing his notes for this program, our Mac was at a spa we'd found while visiting family here in the North Country of New York. The marvelous dog's best friend, pet grooming, in Shazy. The woman who runs the place, Tracy Polomsky, had performed her magic on Molly just the day before. Given their size between 110 and 125 pounds, bath time is always quite the adventure. In warm weather, you can go outside with a hose and you'll only get soaked from the knees down. But just now, as I noted, we're in the North Country, and it is the middle of winter, and the temperature's been running between 2 and 30 degrees Fahrenheit. A polar plunge is simply out of the question. Thank you, but no. The closest large water source, Lake Champlain, is actually just across the street from where I'm sitting, and it's frozen over. An inside bath is also not to be considered. Just at this moment, we're not in our own home, and a bathroom tub or shower is not a dog wash station. Our guys are able to paint the walls and the floor and the ceiling of a bathroom in a matter of minutes. Now, you might chance that in your own home, but certainly not in the home of another. When we were in London Grove, rather Pennsylvania, we discovered a self-service dog wash in the neighboring city of Coatesville. It was something akin to a do-it-yourself car wash, a storefront, single room, drain in the floor, no attendant, vending machines with dog shampoo, conditioner, towels, and more, a raised tub in the middle of the room with an access ramp, and what looked like a wet vac vacuum cleaner hose for warm air drying. To begin the process at that place, you'd walk the dog up the ramp, hook his or her collar to a small lead attached to the tub, set the dial on the wall to wash, feed in five $1 bills, and soapy water would start to flow. The total time allotted for $5, 10 minutes. Add more money, you got more bath time. Turn the dial, and out would come conditioner or a skunk remedy. Turn the dial again, and you got the warm air. $10 would do the whole job. But again, before walking in the door, you'd have had to prepare yourself for taking quite the bath yourself. The two of us used to take Mac and Molly to this dog wash, and we'd work together, one on either side of the tub. Now, the only problem, the water hose had a spray that was not so easy to contain. So if one of us was handling the spray, often the dog would be missed. 
At the end of a two-dog bath, the dogs were clean and mostly dry, but we were soaked. The dog wash was about 10 miles from our house, so in all but the warmest of weather, we'd have the car's heater on full blast for the ride home in hopes of staving off pneumonia. We uh, hoped to locate close to us self-service dog washes as we travel. An online search called up more than 130,000 listings, so we're sure to find these as we go. The experience of these bath times has given us a greater appreciation for the work of dog groomers. At Tracy's shop, she displays a list of the 10 reasons why your pet's grooming costs more than your own haircut. Number 10, your hairdresser doesn't wash and clean your rear end. Number 9, you don't go for four weeks or longer without washing or brushing your hair. Number 8, your hairdresser doesn't give you a sanitary trim. Number 7, your hairdresser doesn't clean your ears. Number 6, your hairdresser doesn't clean boogies from your eyes. Number 5, you sit still for your hairdresser. Number 4, your haircut doesn't include a pedicure. Number 3, your hairdresser only washes and cuts the hair on your head. Number two, you don't bite or scratch your hairdresser. And the number one reason your dog's grooming costs more than your haircut, the likelihood of you pooping or peeing while having your haircut is extremely slim. Well, I think Tracy may be giving folks who visit hairdressers a bit too much credit. I've seen people at the salon who do look like they've gone a month or more without washing their hair, and I've certainly heard patrons direct some pretty biting comments at those attending them. But I suppose she does have a point. So one challenge on the road is finding a place to bathe the dogs and are locating competent, reasonably priced, caring groomers. Challenge number two, finding wide open spaces where two great big dogs can run at full tilt off leash. When we were living in London Grove, Mac and Molly had their own room, a glassed in, heated in winter, cooled in summer sun porch. They spent most of their nights and rainy days in this room. But when the weather was good, they could gallop with that wonderful rolling gait of theirs all around their 80 by 36 foot fenced in play yard. They could scramble up a ramp or up steps onto the six by three foot platform of a jungle gym that Jean had built for them. A flagpole of sorts was attached to the top of the jungle gym and at the top of the pole sat a chubby little plush toy sheep the dog's mascot, and their banner, all in one. Mac and Molly would spend hours each day up on that jungle gym, watching the world go by. Their play yard was bordered by our driveway, the barn, and the next-door neighbor's property. One end of the yard was about 60 feet from the street, so the pair could also watch the cars and trucks go by, watch the kids walking to and from school, watch the occasional jogger, and watch Fran, our postwoman, deliver the mail. The yard also had a 4 by 8 doghouse with two entrances. Mac and Molly would spend a portion of the day relaxing in there, a portion sunning on the jungle gym, some more time just racing around, and some more time playing soccer with Jean and me. Now I might note that our soccer ball started off as a jolly ball, but the dogs quickly removed the toy's triangular handle. For whatever reason, neither Mac nor Molly has ever grasped the usual understanding of fetch. Their idea of fetch is this. Mom and Dad kick the ball. We chase it. Under no circumstances do we bring the ball back. Mom and Dad are the fetchers. 
We play tug-of-war with each other over the ball, race around, head-to-head, teeth firmly clamped on either side of the ball. Eventually, we drop the ball, and then Mac must install his front paw on it, essentially declaring the toy to be his. Mom or Dad kick it away, or wrestle it away, and the chase begins again. Mac and Molly have us very well trained. While traveling on the road, the dog's porch is now the mega cab of our Dodge Ram 3500 truck. In this vehicle, there is a split single and double rear seat, which means you can leave up the single and fold down the double seat, or fold down the double and leave up the single seat, or fold down both to create a comfortably flat platform for the dogs. What we especially appreciate about this is that the seats fold forward so the dogs don't end up harming the upholstery. And with either the single or the double seat up, there's still room for the dogs to sit comfortably. With the seats completely folded down and a blanket in place, both dogs easily have enough room, about 24 square feet, to stretch out to their heart's content. They can also stand comfortably as they have about three feet from the platform to the ceiling. One of the challenges with such a vehicle centers on getting the dogs in and out. So one of our first acquisitions was a lightweight aluminum telescoping dog ramp that could span the 40 inches from the ground to the truck. This platform has a non-slip tread and a carrying handle and compacts down for easy storage in the truck bed or under the fifth wheeler. These are available at sport and pet stores. Ours was a gift from our friends Jane and Alan. It's the getting down for the most part that challenges Mac and Molly. Mac can easily leap into the cab. Molly always needs a boost. But they're both more than reluctant to jump down the 40 inches, so they and we are really grateful to have the ramp. What has not been a challenge for us, but might be for others, is helping a dog adjust to traveling in a vehicle. Up until Mac and Molly were about a year of age, they had a problem with car sickness. On even the shortest jaunts, they'd oversalivate and look just absolutely miserable. We tried them on anti-nausea meds, and these did provide some relief. WebMD, however, notes that dog motion sickness is actually quite common in puppies and young dogs, more common than it is in older dogs, just as car sickness afflicts more children than adults. The reason for this is because the ear structures used for balance aren't fully developed in puppies. Now, this isn't to say that all dogs will outgrow travel sickness, though many will. If the first few car rides of your dog's life left him nauseated, he may have been conditioned to equate travel with vomiting, even after his ears fully matured. Stress can also add to travel sickness. So if your dog has only ever ridden in the car to go to the vet, he may literally worry himself sick on the road. WebMD notes the following signs of dog motion sickness. These include inactivity, listlessness, uneasiness, yawning, whining, excessive drooling, and vomiting. The best way to prevent dog travel sickness is to make the car ride as comfortable as possible for your dog. Your dog will experience fewer nauseating visual cues if he faces forward while you're traveling, rather than looking out the side windows. One way to guarantee this, of course, is by using a specially designed dog seatbelt. If you choose to have your dog ride on the front passenger seat, keep in mind that airbags do pose a potential hazard to dogs. Even though you can't be sure your dog will face forward while riding in a travel crate, some people prefer to use crates for safety. 
and they do add the, uh, have the added benefit of containing vomit should your dog become ill. Another thing that may help your dog's motion sickness is to lower your car windows a couple of inches while the car is moving. This helps balance the air pressure inside the car with the air pressure outside, which may help reduce your dog's nausea and discomfort. And you also want to be sure, of course, that the car is also cool and well ventilated as a hot or stuffy vehicle can contribute to unpleasant sensations for your dog. Well, as WebMD noted, many dogs outgrow travel sickness, and thankfully this was true for ours. We are now able to travel with them comfortably for long stretches. They eagerly hop into the truck and they seem to enjoy the rides. We keep a bowl of water in the cab with them and we plot rest stops along the way where we can take them out for a walk and relief. Before you hit the road, it's really very important that you make a visit to your vet to make certain that your furry friend or your furry friends is or are in fine fettle. We took Mac and Molly to our wonderful veterinarian, Jane Latta, in Westchester, Pennsylvania. We really wish we could have Jane with us as we travel about North America, but we appreciate the next best thing to that, being able to speak with her or others in her office when and if any concerns arise. Before we hit the road, Jane made certain Mac and Molly were up to date on their vaccinations, and she gave us copies of the dog's records and rabies certificates. It's not a bad idea to make a list of veterinary hospitals within a reasonable traveling distance from wherever you're staying at any given time. Another thought. Attending to a sick or injured dog at home is one thing, but when you are on the road and perhaps far from a vet, what would you do if your dog were hit by a car? Would you know how to make a splint? In the event of shock, would you be able to give artificial respiration? In First Aid for Dogs, veterinarian Bruce Vogel helps dog owners recognize and handle emergencies. The book provides the basics of dog first aid from cleansing wounds to CPR, tells you what to do in emergency situations involving heart failure, puncture wounds, drowning, or seizures. The author offers tips on how to determine whether your pet needs veterinary attention or whether you can handle the emergency yourself. When you are camped miles from a sizable town, it could take hours to find a vet. Meanwhile, your pet could be suffering or even dying. Every RVer who travels with a dog should have with them a first aid guide for dogs. The Taking Your Dog Camping website offers these suggestions for what to include in a pet first aid kit. Your veterinarian's phone number. Gauze to wrap wounds or to muzzle. Adhesive tape for bandages. Non-stick bandages to protect wounds or to control bleeding. Towels and cloths. Hydrogen peroxide, 3%. Milk of magnesia, or activated charcoal to absorb poison. Now, of course, you want to be sure to get the advice of your veterinarian or a local poison control center before inducing vomiting or treating an animal for poisoning. Then you'll want an eyedropper to give oral treatments and a stretcher, which could be a door, a board, along with a blanket or floor mat. One challenge you might not have considered, as you travel, the water you and your pet drinks, and this and any other alteration to your pet's diet can mess with his or her digestive system. It may take several days for your dog to adjust to each change, and you should be sure to have access to anti-diarrheal medicines for them. It's also a good idea to stock up on the dog's regular dog food as you're traveling. 
you may find yourself in places where you won't have access to the particular brand that your pet favors. Woodall's Camping and RVing with Dogs offers advice on how to organize your RV to make life easier and safer for your dog. The book also provides tricks and tips on how to prepare for long vacations, how to deal with highway emergencies, how to choose a pet-friendly campground, and how to help your pets cope with strange places, harsh environments, shrewd predators, and challenging situations. Also included in this volume, tips on what to do if your pet gets lost, is bitten by a poisonous snake, or insists on incessantly barking. More than 30 million families take their dogs camping each year, and that's a lot of canines out there in the campgrounds mingling with humans, other dogs, strange plants, and even creatures of the wild and unfriendly kind. Forewarned is forearmed. Now, many parks and campgrounds won't let you pass the gate if you're without a rabies tag on your dog's collar. You should also make sure that your dog is licensed and wears an ID tag carrying his or her name and your contact information. The number, remember, of the cell phone that you're carrying, not a landline. You may also wish to consider having a microchip implanted under the skin of your pet. This step could be especially important if your dog should slip his or her collar. Well, let's take a break. When we return, we'll continue identifying and addressing more of the challenges facing those who are preparing to get on the road with their furry friends. First up, when we get back, travel requirements between Canada and the U.S. So sit, stay, we'll return right after this pause. Sit, stay, we'll be right back after a short pause. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to 1-800-PetMeds.com forward slash road R-O-A-D to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. FTD's network of over 40,000 florists around the world have been creating beautiful handcrafted arrangements for 100 years. Each arrangement is delivered the same day and backed by FTD's seven-day satisfaction guarantee. For a century, people have trusted their most important occasions to the flower experts at FTD. Since Pet Life Radio is all about puppy dogs and flowers, our listeners, that's you, can get a 20% discount on your order. Just go to florop.com and use the code LUCKYS20 at checkout. F-L-E-U-R-O-P.com. Code word L-U-C-K-Y-S and the number 20. You ask the question, what do I want? What do I need? I'll take a back shot. I reach a mention. I need time. I need love. I crave attention.
Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Hi, this is Tim Link, host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Join me as we feature interviews with best-selling pet-related authors, award-winning writers, journalists, and bloggers. And we'll tell stories about the animals and interesting topics about the animals in our lives. Each of the interviews will give you a first-hand knowledge about why the authors and writers chose a particular story, what the feature animals meant to them, and what has become of those animals that we've talked about. And of course, I'll also share stories from my own books, blogs, articles, and experiences. So be sure to join me and the writers and authors on Animal Rights. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We're back and continuing to run through some of the initial challenges on the rotors may encounter as they start to travel with their dogs. Our plan as we begin this adventure is to make our way around North America, the U.S. and Canada. So one of our questions was, what is required for border crossings when you're traveling with dogs? If you are an American wishing to bring a dog or a cat into Canada, consularcanada.usembassy.gov notes that if the animal is three months or older, you must have a certificate to show that the animal has been vaccinated against rabies within the last three years. The certificate has to be dated and signed by a veterinarian, and it must identify the animal by breed, age, sex, coloring, and any other distinguishing marks. Animal tags are not acceptable in place of certificates. If you bring a pet dog or cat under three months of age from the United States or a guide dog from any country, you do not need a certificate, but the animal has to be in good health when it arrives. If you're a Canadian coming into the U.S. or an American returning from Canada, the regulations stipulate that dogs must be free of evidence of diseases communicable to humans when possibly examined at the port of entry. Dogs must be vaccinated against rabies at least 30 days before entering the United States. This requirement does not apply, however, to puppies less than three months of age or to dogs originating in or located for at least six months in areas designated by the U.S. Public Health Service as being rabies-free. A valid rabies vaccination certificate carrying a veterinarian signature and including an expiration date usually up to three years from the actual vaccine date is required. If no expiration date is specified on the certificate, then the certificate is acceptable if the date of the vaccination is not more than 12 months before the date of arrival. The certificate must show that the dog had the rabies vaccine at least 30 days prior to entry. Young puppies must be confined at a place of the owner's choosing until they are three months of age. Then they must be vaccinated. They must remain in confinement for 30 days after the vaccination. If you are planning to travel between the two countries, you would be wise to consult the appropriate websites before you make for the border to make certain that none of the regulations that I've just noted have changed. Well, the next challenge, whether you're in the United States or Canada, is finding, as I've noted a bit ago, a replacement for the dog's full tilt 
off-leash running play yard? The answer, the dog park. With leash laws in place, you really need to check ahead of time to be certain that where you're heading will provide the free run option you and your dog craves. There are some excellent online resources that you can consult. Dogpark.com boasts a full search engine for the U.S. and Canada, complete with interactive maps. Dogparkusa.com offers the same for the U.S., of course, but it also has international listings for Canada, Australia, England, Indonesia, Puerto Rico, and Israel. Another source for info is the Dog Fund Directory at ecoanimal.com. Online you'll also find a great many local listings of dog parks and other play options. Well, one final challenge that I'll note this time relates to the walk. As I've been spending the last couple of months mending from surgery for repairs to my left rotator cuff, it's been a while since I've handled a leash. So Gene has had the full responsibility for exercising the dogs. He notes that this was an easy assignment when the dogs were eight-pound pups. Well, four and a half years later, as I noted earlier in this program, they are no longer lap-sized dogs. Max about 125 pounds, and Molly about 110. Gene is more than six feet tall, and the pair outweigh him by 30-plus pounds. On a walk, he has two feet on the ground. They have eight. He has two eyes. They have four. And they always seem to be on high alert, looking, listening for the least little bit of anything. They're strong, and they're hale, and they're hardy. And together, they're a pack. Molly is the alpha. And if she hears a noise or senses a movement, she's up and on it. Mac will bark because he sees she's been startled. Molly will bark because Mac barked. And the barking goes back and forth until they realize there was nothing to bark about. They sniff at everything. They want to stop at everything. Every bush, every tree, every light post, every mailbox, every piece of paper, every coffee cup, every poop left by every other dog, every everything. And when you're traveling, every everything is so, so new. So, added to what may have been your usual distractions, are now the lures of the great outdoors. The romping deer, the taunting squirrel, the leaping rabbit, the stinking skunk, another playful dog, plus the snake, the mountain lion, the bear. Then, of course, you still have the burrs and the ticks and the pine sap and more with which you must contend. You need to plan for the unplanned. Dog Friendly's Campground and Park With Your Dog in the U.S. and Canada will help you determine the best places to stay with your pet. This resource notes which campgrounds allow pets, how many are permitted per campsite, if there are breed restrictions, and if there are extra fees for pets. Also included is information about pet walk and off-leash areas. Thousands of campgrounds are listed, and there are plenty of details about each one. Each campground profiled also notes its other amenities, swimming pools, golf courses, fishing, and the regular RV info, dump stations, hookups, and the like. From the 2009 edition on, there's also a day-use park guide, which suggests, in addition to the more than 1,000 parks with campgrounds, other dog-friendly day-use parks that do not have camping. These parks make for convenient hiking and walking points on trips, 
picnic areas, and day trips. This resource and others mentioned in this episode are available online at rvbookstore.com. When Jean and I traveled across Canada to Alaska all those years ago, we plotted out a good bit of the trip beforehand using the invaluable mile-by-mile publication, The Milepost. We consulted that guide perhaps full on to a year before embarking on that adventure. It provided advice on preparing our motorhome for the oiled clay and gravel Alcan Highway. The Milepost still offers a guide to the highways, roads, ferries, lodgings, recreational opportunities, sightseeing attractions, and services along the Alaska Highway to and within Alaska, including Alberta, British Columbia, Northwest Territories, and Yukon Territory. On that trip, we didn't have the two dogs, but we did have a toddler, and we were grateful that we planned ahead and gathered resources beforehand. We also picked up a great many more resources as we went. Today, we can consult not only print resources, but the myriad of online helps as well. Well, that's it for this episode. We hope you'll join us next time as we travel on the road with Mac and Molly. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.